we'd like to thank Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for helping to underwrite the Building Through Him podcast. In the last year alone, Notre Dame FCU served more than 800 parishes, schools, and nonprofits in more than 25 dioceses nationwide. Learn more at NotreDameFCU.com. Hello, this is Mary Jo with a little love note from the Building Through Him podcast. And just so you know, you are always loved and always welcome here. The One. So before COVID hit, I had the idea, it was like late November, that my husband and I should take our 10 kids, and some of them have significant others, to go sing songs at the nursing home. And so I made this appointment and said, you know, we'd be there on this day or whatever, and says, we're getting everybody ready. The littles didn't like their Christmas sweaters. They were like itchy, and they were whining about it. My teenagers were being sulky, and they didn't want to go, and... I don't even like to sing. This is dumb and, you know, all these things. And my husband wore an elf outfit and he has 5'7 and he has skinny legs. So he like totally knocked that out of the park. You could just look at him and you would just laugh. So that kind of made the situation a little bit better. So we get in our 12 passenger van and we're driving over the nursing home and we get there and the nurse gives us the list of names and highlights the rooms that we can go and sing in. And so we're kind of like walking through doing each of these rooms and we step at one room and the woman in there only spoke Spanish. And so we were able to see it sing like Felice Navidad. And then my son, now Father Logan Parrish, but he was just in seminary back then as bilingual. And he was able to kind of talk to her and she called him Lorenzo, even though he corrected her three times. And finally he, was, he just said, yep, I'm Lorenzo. But he was able to just talk to her for about 10 minutes just individually in Spanish, which she just loved. And we finally get to this room and knocked on the door, and I was like, Lois, Esther, we're here to sing. And we hear this crackly little voice say, she's dead. And I was like, okay, and just uncomfortable. Like, what do you say back to that? And I just said, let's walk in, guys, let's walk in. So we walk forward. We see this woman just in a wheelchair with her head just bent so far down in that wheelchair facing the wall and like a night robe like a light blue night robe and the other bed is empty and I said hi and she said you know Lois is dead and I said oh I'm so sorry could we stay and sing to you fine do whatever and she like kind of whipped her hand up in the air And, like, my kids are looking at me like, Mom, we got to get out of here. And I was like, no way. We are totally singing to her. She needs it more than anyone else. And so we start singing, and she can hear the little boys at the time. I think they were, like, two and and four. And they're kind of, like, you know, whining or saying little funny things. And she's kind of listening to them, and she kind of slowly turns around. It turns her little wheelchair around. And by the time we got to, like, the third song, she was looking up at us and kind of, like, smiling just a little bit. And then we sang our fourth song, and then she smiled a little bit more. And when we left that nursing home, that was a pivotal moment for my children, none of whom really even wanted to go. They felt that inside their soul, that gift of charity. It's like the love of God inflamed within the human heart, within them. And I guarantee you they couldn't tell you one thing they got for Christmas that year is in 
physical gifts that they unwrapped, but they all could tell you about that little old lady in the wheelchair turning around and looking up at us with that smile when we walked into darkness. And then our love of God brought forth light, and that was the charity within us. And so often in our busyness, the charity gets forgotten. And when we don't have that love of God being inflamed in our hearts, our lives can feel very numb and pointless. Like, what am I even doing here? Like, what is the point of this? I wake up and go to the same job every day. I do the same homework with the same kids every day. You know, like, it can feel like, what is the point? It's because we need charity in our lives to make that love of God come alive. In 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about us being all one body. As a body is one, though it has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also Christ. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts share its joy. Now you are Christ's body and individually parts of it. And so in that, he's commanding us, you know, like to go out, see the parts of the body that are suffering and lift them up. And when we do, it makes us feel better in the process. Why? Because we're all one. We're all one. We talk about, you know, the greatest commandment. Jesus says, you know, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, that and love your neighbor as yourself. Because when we truly love God with everything that we have, when we look at our neighbor, we see God there. We love them there. It's a natural instinct. And if we're not acting on it, then we can feel that numbness of this world. Um, and so the Lord wants us to, to act on it. And so, like, where do we begin? You know, when you look at the world and you see all the darkness, you know, all the nursing home with all the people alone right now, you know, it's it can feel overwhelming. Where do I even begin? There's so many people who need us. And like the harvest is plenty, right? There's so many people who need us, but the laborers are few. And a lot of times Satan will stop us from moving forward with acts of charity because we're not sure where to begin. Like, where do I even begin? Like, will it even make a dent? Oh, will it even make a dent? I, yeah, I, I'll just think about it a lot and I'll have good intentions, but I'll actually never do anything. And then what happens is we start to be numb and we start forget that we're all one body and we don't know the love of God burning within us. We forget the charity that is natural for us to be feeling as sons and daughters of a beloved king. So when I'm doing works of charity, one thing I found is that People who are doing works of charity already are often exhausted. They are so tired. And a lot of times you find them actually kind of burn out and a little resentful. And I was praying with this. The Lord is like, they are doing too much because the rest of the body is not doing what it's supposed to do. And so when we see these people in, in ministry who are like, I'm so tired. I need more volunteers. I need this and that. Sometimes you can be like, oh, I don't want to be tired too. I don't want to get into that. And the Lord's not asking us to take it over. You know, He's asking us to help in some way, in whatever way that we're gifted in, just kind of praying with us and be like, hmm, am I meant to help with religious education? Am I meant to help with this Bible study? And I meant to help the woman down the street who's overwhelmed with all those kids. What am I meant to do? 
What are my gifts and talents, Lord? Show me how my charity, the love of you, can come alive when I'm loving my neighbor. And when you think about, like, okay, where is the Lord leading me? Where is the Lord leading me? Oftentimes, it's not to this huge group of people. St. Mother Teresa says, if you cannot feed 100 people, just feed one. If you cannot feed 100 people, just feed one. And so it comes down to who's the one? Who's the one that the Lord is placing in front of you today? Who's the one that the Lord has designed you to help? Who is the one? When I was a little girl, we went to the doctor, lots of issues when I was young, and I had had surgeries and stuff. And I remember my parents both went with me to the doctor, and we got to the checkout counter. And so I was probably around five. So this is 42 years ago, and it was back before credit cards. It was back before payment plans. It was back before, you know, co-pays and all that stuff. Like, you had to have the money with you when you went to the doctor. I knew my parents didn't have it. And I remember it cold outside, so it was probably around Christmas time. And I knew that we were financially um, really strapped at that time. And my dad worked all the time. He worked in a factory. And I remember checking out and being so stressed out about my parents being having to pay that bill and knowing it was going to be really expensive. And the counter was above my head, the doctor's office counter. So I remember kind of looking up and seeing my parents' face. And when my mom said, what's the bill? And she, like, got her checkbook out, and her hands were shaking a little bit. And my dad was looking down like like he was embarrassed that he couldn't provide for his family. The doctor came out and said, it's taken care of. There's no bill. It's taken care of. And my mom started crying. My dad looked down. He got tears in his eyes. And I remember thinking that was the most kind thing anyone has ever done. That whole, like, if you can't feed a hundred people, feed one. When you're the one that's being fed, when you're that one, it makes a pivotal difference in that person's life. So don't let Satan keep you from helping the one that God designed you to go after. Don't let him keep you from that. That is where our love comes alive, where lives are changed, and where the Father's will is brought forth on earth. God, I just ask you to bring forth your Holy Spirit name of Jesus, to renounce the spirit of timidity, that you would raise up your sons and daughters to go forth and bring your love to the world. If you would like more information about Kingdom Builders or would like to know how to bring this apostolate to your parish, please go to our website at buildingthroughhim.com and click Build With Us. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.